Hi, I'm Ed Hatt, and I'm going to be reading Genesis 31, verses 1 through 21 from the New Living Translation. But Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. Jacob has robbed our father of everything, they said. He has gained all of his wealth at our father's expense. And Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude towards him. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your father and your grandfather and to your relatives there, and I will be with you. So Jacob called Rachel and Leah out to the field where he was watching his flock. He said to them, I have noticed that your father's attitude has changed towards me, but the God of my father has been with me. You know how hard I have worked for your father, but he has cheated me, changing my wages ten times. But God has not allowed him to do me any harm. For if he said, the speckled animals will be your wages, the whole flock began to produce speckled young. And when he changed his mind and said, the striped animals will be your wages, then the whole flock produced striped young. In this way, God has taken your father's animals and given them to me. One time during the mating season, I had a dream, and I saw the male goats were mating with the females were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then in my dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I replied, yes, here I am. The angel said, look up and you will see that only the streaked, speckled, and spotted males are mating with the females of your flock. For I have seen how Laban has treated you. I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. Rachel and Leah responded, That's fine with us. We won't inherit any of our father's wealth anyways. He has reduced our rights to those of foreign women. And after he sold us, he wasted the money you paid for us. All the wealth God has given you from our father legally belongs to us and our children. So go ahead and do whatever God has told you. So Jacob put his wives and his children on camels, and he drove all of his livestock in front of him. He packed all of his belongings he had acquired in Padam Haran and sent out for the land of Canaan, where his father Isaac lived. At the time they left, Laban was some distance away, shearing his sheep. Rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her. Jacob outwitted Laban, the Armenian, for they set out secretly and never told Laban that they were leaving. So Jacob took all of his possessions with him and crossed the Euphrates River, heading for the hill country of Gilead. So uh, some years ago, I learned how to do homiletics. And basically, uh, what we would do is break down a passage of scripture one verse at a time and then kind of put it all back together. And um, I probably should do that all the time when I read scripture. I do it when I prepare for these podcasts. And what I've seen is that these small little truths will pop out of different verses um, sometimes the Spirit really, or excuse me, um, reveals Jesus in the Scripture or the character of our Father. And then kind of when you put all the Scriptures back together, you'll see often these kind of overlying themes um, from the Scripture. So I, I did that with these verses, and I also went back to Genesis 28 just to kind of um, go back over um, Jacob's vow. And I'm hopeful that as I go through some of this that Maybe uh, the Spirit will move in your heart and there will be something that will um, get your attention.
And uh, hopefully that's something that you can act on. And if we do this on a regular basis, um, these small changes in our thinking and these small acts um, over time lead to significant transformation. And, and that's kind of our hope in our prayer. So let's get started. Um, a small but I think important concept to start with is it said that Jacob learned that Laban's sons were grumbling. So he kind of, you know, heard this secondhand. And then um, he noticed a change in Laban's attitude towards him. And of course, you know, was this a, a true change in his attitude or was he just imagining it after what he had heard? But it says then um, that the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your father. So this would imply that, you know, Jacob in this situation um, didn't trust his feelings and immediately act on them, but rather that he sought the Lord. And by doing that, he received his wisdom and um, waited for his instructions. And uh, how often do, you know, we hear something secondhand and then kind of start feeling something about someone and and sometimes we're right and, you know, sometimes we're off base. So a really good lesson to, to go to the Lord with those things first. I also noted that when Jacob explained the situation to Rachel and Leah, that he acknowledged the God of my father has been with me. It's really amazing how Jacob seemed to kind of roll with whatever Laban threw at him. Um, he worked hard and he continued to prosper. And I know for myself that I have been challenged at work to try to do this. And I, I recognize how difficult it is to trust that God has my back um, when these strong emotions kind of rise up inside of me because of something someone said or did. And it makes me want to quickly speak or act. And I'm practicing not doing that and kind of waiting um, letting it pass, seeking the Lord, and sometimes even waiting till the next day um, to see what instruction he brings me. And I'm just wondering at work or at home or if anywhere in your life that um, you're facing this same challenge and how you're doing uh, with that. Next, uh, Jacob's uh, response to the Lord in his dream is important because we see it repeated elsewhere in Scripture, and specifically, for example, in, in Samuel. Um, Samuel, I think, is woken like three times, and then he finally figures out that it's the Lord that's waking him up. But um, Jacob's response is, uh, yes, here I am. And I know for myself that it's not uncommon for me to wake up about three in the morning. Um, and this is normal, by the way, um, because of our sleep patterns and REM sleep. Um, but often... Uh, I'll fall right back to sleep, but on occasion I don't. And I've just kind of learned that if I'm laying there for more than 15 minutes, I don't fight it anymore. And I get up and I go out and do my morning devotional in the middle of the night. And I find that when I do that, I usually spend more time and the Lord usually gives me some really good stuff and uh, that's that, that I need to hear. Um, and then, you know, at the end of that, I usually have some peace and I'm able to go back to bed and fall asleep. And now when I get up, I'm, I'm also in the habit of, of kneeling and um, when I, I meet with the Lord in the night. And I actually start with the words, um, here I am, Lord. Like, 
you know, you woke me up, you know, what, what is it you got for me? You know? And, um, but just a habit that I've, I've taken up and, um, I guess for you, I mean, um, have you been, you know, awake in the middle of the night and thinking, well, this is just stuff on my mind and things that's going on. And, you know, maybe, maybe the Lord is, is trying to get your attention and say, Hey, it's the middle of the night. It's quiet. Um, you're in a mood, you're in a good time for you to listen. Um, you know, and maybe, maybe spending some time with the Lord in the middle of the night or, you know, maybe during your day, um, you're sensing like there's some kind of interruption and, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's the Lord trying to get your attention then as well. Now, Jacob is reminded by the Lord about the vow that he made to him and we are reminded that the Lord is listening uh, to us whenever we speak. And unlike us, he remembers exactly what we said and what was said. And throughout Genesis, we see that God not only listens, but he is a covenant-making God that is faithful to his promises. In Jacob's vow, he said that if the Lord was with him and provided for him, that he would make the Lord his God and would give him back a tenth of all that God gives him. And notice the wording here. He doesn't say, I'll give you a tenth of what I've made. He acknowledges through the commitment to tithe that his wages are a provision from God. And it's interesting because it really doesn't tell us in the scripture here whether or not Jacob honors that part of the vow and, and keeps his tithe. But um, how do you think about, you know, your abilities, um, the money that you earn, the things that you have? I mean, do you feel like, hey, I've worked hard, I've done all these things, I've, 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 I've achieved all this? Or do you look at it as, gosh, everything that I have, everything that I possess um, really has been given to me from God? And um, I think if we do that, you know, then we also recognize that the tithe is our way of saying, thank you, Lord. I, I do realize that everything that I have has been given to me by you. And um, this tithe is a way of me acknowledging that. And this is for another time, of course, but giving is really above and beyond that. And we do above and beyond at the end of the year um, it's above and beyond our tithe, and um, really above and beyond giving should be done throughout the year and should be led by the Spirit um, and can be a blessing to others and to us as well. One last point to wrap this up. When we are married, we make a vow with God that we will, that if he will be with us and provide for us as a couple, that we will be one with each other and one with him, and as it goes, until death do us part. The problem is, is that we don't marry Jesus, do we? Um, <laughs> we are marrying, as the two women said in the Weatheraxis said, the jerk, Abraham, who twice um, called his wife his sister. Um, we marry the controlling Sarah that didn't trust God and created trouble for her family by taking things into her own hands 
Um, we marry the deceiver, uh, Jacob. We marry the idol thief, Rachel. Um, you kind of get the picture here. And how did our just almighty father deal with each of these believers? With grace, forgiveness, and the love of a father. And in fact, he, he blessed them, didn't he? Um, he is faithful even when we are not faithful. Now, your situation is unique, um, but our God remains the same. And his desire is that today, perhaps even right now, um, whether you call yourself a believer or not, that you say, here I am, Jesus. I, you are my Lord. And he will give you the wisdom, strength, and courage to do what maybe you don't want to do anymore. Um, keep your vow uh, to your spouse. Continue to give your best at work, even when it's difficult or continue to wait on the Lord. I'm going to give you a, a few seconds here to reflect uh, before I pray. Um, and I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, what God is putting on your heart. You know, maybe it's one of these small truths that you need to take a hold of. Maybe if you've never said, you know, here I am, um, Lord, be my God, Jesus, be my Lord. Um, maybe this is an opportunity for you to do that. Or maybe if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and your Savior, um, but haven't really surrendered your life to him, is now the time where you say that? You know, Lord, I believe in you, but I've been doing things my way, and I, I just want to surrender uh, to you and to your ways. I see your faithfulness through Genesis in these uh, chapters here, that I, I want to do that. So let me give you just a few seconds here. Lord, I ask that you place your desires in our hearts that we might become the people that you created us to be and that we would receive all that it is that you have for us, all those blessings, all those promises. In Jesus' name, amen.